All right. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as Tifa Project for short. I'm actually going to keep these announcements really short today because I am stoked to get into this interview with Jen and Rose from In Her Purpose. So a little housekeeping for you. If this episode resonates with you, or if at any time you just want to connect with us or share your thoughts about any of our shows so far, you can actually text message us or leave a voice message. Our phone number is, and get your phone ready if this is the first time you're writing down our number, it's 415-484-8329. Again, that's 415-484-8329. Those last four digits is also TIFA for short. That's T-F-A-W. So once again, 415-484-T-F-A-W, as in the Filipino-American woman, or the numbers 8329. Nani and I are investing more of our time building community with you via newsletter. And so if you want to be part of our community, not just get updates from us, but actually contribute to our community, please check out the show notes of this episode Or check out our website at tifaproject.com, that's T-F-A-W project.com, and subscribe. We have a ton of updates, a ton of new things that we are rolling out for season two here at the Tifa Project, and we want you to be a part of it. So once again, check out our show notes or visit our website at tfawproject.com to be a part of that newsletter. We typically try to send out a newsletter at the end of the week. Typically, Fridays are on the weekend. We try to aim for once a week. And as we are finding our rhythm in this second season, I just want to thank you in advance for your grace. We're not always going to be consistent about it in terms of getting it out at the exact day, at the exact time, but we will get it out. So thank you in advance for your grace as always. And as I said, it's the best place to stay updated with our show. And of course, the show would not be possible if it wasn't for our sponsors, which you can also learn more about in our show notes or on our website, tivaproject.com. One of my favorite sponsors I like to talk about quite often because I get approached quite often with a lot of our listeners asking me, Jen, how did you start a podcast? How did you get this going? And how can I make it super easy for myself so that I don't have to overwork or I don't have to overwhelm myself in starting something new and getting my voice out there. And so one of my favorite sponsors I like to talk about is Captivate.fm because not only do they help you distribute your show like most web hosting services for independent podcasters, but they set you up with a website that is super easy to put together and add your brand colors and everything. And of course, if you are looking to move your website onto, let's say a WordPress website, Captivate provides an easy plugin that you can put into your WordPress site. So once again, you can learn more about Captivate FM and the rest of our active sponsors by checking out the show notes of this episode or visiting our website. The last thing I wanna share and encourage to all of you is that in addition to the direct messages we get on Instagram and the love letters we get from you via email, We want to ask you to help us out and let us know, let the world know publicly what you think about our show by leaving us a five-star written review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Podchaser is kind of like the Yelp for podcast shows, and you can find that link right on our website on the top right with all of our social media links at tifaproject.com. And of course, if you are an Apple Podcast listener, and according to our stats, most of you are, All you have to do on Apple Podcasts when you are looking at our show is to 
scroll to the very bottom at the end of the list of our episodes and you can leave a five-star written review there. And of course, I can't emphasize enough that all of this is provided on our brand new website, thanks to Captivate.fm at tfawproject.com. That's tfawproject.com, short for the Filipino American woman. All right, with that said, I am really excited. I am stoked. I'm thrilled to dive into this next conversation with Jen and Rose with In Her Purpose. Personally, I consider them my new ates, my role models, and really a snapshot into the future of what Tifa Project hopes to become. All right, thank you so much for listening to my announcements. Please enjoy this next interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as TIFA Project for short. If you are listening for the first time, you can learn more about our show at our brand new website, tifaproject.com. That's T-F-A-W, which stands for the Filipino American Woman Project.com. And as always, I have my incredible co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back. Hey, everyone. And I have to say, for anyone that's watching the video, I really like your top today. It's really cute. It's like butterflies and just, I don't know, Thank I just thought you. I'd point it's it out. New. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I love it. And we're pretty stoked because of these wonderful women had reached out to us. And we, you know, naturally, when anyone reaches out to us, we online stalk them. And I feel like the women that we're going to chat with today are kind of the future of, <laughs> of, of, of the Tifa project. What we want to, you know, ultimately with this project, we want to get a book published. And these two women were able to do that with their own projects. So today I'm really excited to introduce to you the co-founders of In Her Purpose. We have Jennifer Redondo Marquez and Rose Buado. So Jen and Rose, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we're so happy. We're so excited to have you. Why don't we start with you? You two can take turns to share. How did you hear about us and what compelled you both to reach out to us and collaborate with the Tifa Project? So I am a podcast junkie. You know, in California, we have crazy traffic. And so I'm always looking for interesting things to listen to. And similar to like Rose and I, when we're searching for like people that we could relate to and people that look like us. I was looking, well, look at all these people doing podcasts. My husband has a podcast. I want to see if there are any women out there. And so I went stalking on Apple podcasts, looking for Filipino, Filipina. And that's how I actually found both of you. And then I went on Instagram and started looking up all your stuff. I'm like, okay, like (laughs) I'm vibing with this. And I started listening to all your podcasts and especially during quarantine couldn't really sleep. So I was just listening to everything. And that's when I said, okay, you know, they're, they're totally in line with what, like what we're about and what we're trying to do. And that that really resonated with me. And so that's why I reached out to both of you guys. Awesome, Jen. Not by ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there you go. Curious. Yeah, I'm curious, Jen, is there a particular episode that has stood out to you so far? Or is there like a general theme of our show that has really resonated with you? Honestly, like the theme, you know, and it reminds me very similar to our project because when we first started, we didn't think we could find a lot of Filipino women doing 
something totally different. I don't know about you guys, but Rose and I, most of the people, we're cousins, by the way. If you, if oh, you know, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's the connection. <laughs> Love, Love it. And most of the people in our family are in the medical field or in the military. And so it's very limited in the types of conversations that we could have with them. And when we wrote this book, we're like, okay, our goal is to do 20 Filipino women, but we're like, there's no way we could find 20 Filipino women just killing it, doing things outside of what we normally do, like engineering or the medical field. So we started branching out looking for like Asian women. And then we just met a ton of Filipino um, women and they started introducing us to, to more and more. And I kind of felt that with your project, I was like, oh, I've never even heard of this, this person before. And it just brought me so much joy to just see so many like Filipinas killing it and like mm-hmm. doing amazing things. So like, that's the theme. I'm like, wow, they're really highlighting, putting Filipino women on the map and showing like, look, we're not just nurses. Like they always make fun of us on TV and stuff like that. (laughs) So for me, I think, yeah, I think like our main project is to be able to unite and put all Filipina and Asian American women together so that we could lift each other up as a community. And you guys are totally aligned with it. And it was something that we wanted to, you know, pursue, just introduce ourselves and see what happens and what, you know, what can go from there. Yes. And the best part is like, you know, this conversation was initially supposed to just be like sort of a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's just do an interview. Let's just get you on the show. <laughs> we can just talk about it. So we're really just appreciative that you two are very open to that. And I know, I know you two have been talking to Nani and messaging each other back and forth on coordinating this. So Nani, I just want to thank you uh, personally for really staying on top of it and, you know, making sure that we get a chance to chat with them. And I think it's beautiful that we have found each other and it's really validating to know that we're not the only ones, right? And I think that as Filipina women, particularly in my situation and many of our listeners who have, let's say, immigrant parents, there is that expectation to have some kind of stable job. And just like what you alluded to, Jen, it usually is associated with the military or something in the medical field. And that's my family as well. Like I think about the majority of my family here, at least, where, you know, we came here because my dad joined the military, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, today my mom, she's not like, yeah, and my mom, she's not a nurse, but she's been working at the Babo Hospital in San Diego for like almost 15 years now, I believe, and she, she does admin there. But it's just kind of just the idea of having stability, because in my opinion, I think the dream they had in coming here was to allow us to have like stable type jobs. However, that was not the path I ended up taking (laughs) after college. And, you know, 10 years later after college, I'm just like, man, I could just never hold down a job. And so I've just been (laughs) self-employed for the last decade. And people say, how do you do it? And I was like, well, I I couldn't do the job. So I had no choice. I had to get into sales. I had to do the business. Like, I don't know how to commit to these things. I can't deal with male authority. I didn't have a dad growing up. So, you know, that's a little, that's part of it. So anyway, I'm not totally throwing out my dirty laundry right now, but I, I, I appreciate you both, you know, really sharing that and wanting to reach out and connect with us. Yeah, no, I think I share that same sentiment. Like as soon as we found your page on Instagram, I was instantly like, oh, they are definitely aligned with what we're doing here. And yeah, wanted to also see how we could reach out and collab. And then I saw that you guys have a book in the works. And that is something that Jen and I have been talking about 
since, well, that she's thought of since before I even joined as one of our end goals for this Atifa project. So it'll be really cool to talk to you guys about how you did that as well. And I just love seeing all of the Asian American faces that you guys highlight and their stories. And it's just, it's similar. It's so similar to what we're doing here. So it only makes sense that we kind of come together and see what we can do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have no idea where this conversation is going to end up. We're like literally like talking about it as we go. But that's the fun part. Yeah. I think that's part of the Filipino American woman or Panay experience is that, you know, what our parents had taught us about stability, we're doing the complete opposite of it because we're capable mm-hmm. of it. We are capable mm-hmm. of being resilient and adapting and being resourceful or choosing our own path or, you know, paving our own path, really. With that said, the people that listen to the show and the people that we make the show for are for Filipino-American women. And for us, we define Filipino-American women as individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. And we also incorporate the non-binary narrative on the show as well. So I would love for you both to share why you identify as a Filipino-American woman. Should I pick one? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go with Rose, because I think okay. Jen went first. So Rose, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm first generation. My mom and dad were born in the Philippines, and then my dad was in the military, and we came out here. I was actually born in San Diego, in Balboa. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. My sister, my Small sister was world. born there, too. Yeah. That, yeah. That. yeah, so I was born there, moved out to Texas, because my dad got stationed in Corpus Christi. Um, had my, my little brother and then from there we came back where he got stationed in Long Beach so from Long Beach we've always been here in, in LA and then my third brother um, was born out here in LA too so yeah so I'm as Filipino American as I get there you go <laughs> yeah yeah I love adobo don't speak Tagalog but understand it <laughs> yeah. yeah and um you know, we have a huge family. We're, you know, all about our family and like always seeing each other every weekend and staying connected with each other. Jen is my cousin and she's my cousin from my mom's side. So I have two really big families and we, you know, come together and make one big one. <laughs> so yeah, that is me. Awesome. Thanks, Rose. And Jen? I also identify as Filipino American. I was born and raised in California. My parents were both born in the Philippines. My dad, he also came to the United States via the U.S. Army. And so my parents met in the United States, actually. My dad's buddy in the military introduced them and they got married in in California. And that's where we've lived ever since. We lived in L.A., but my dad traveled a lot. And so instead of moving like a thousand times with him, we stayed and he traveled all around and we stayed home in California. I grew up in a small town. I don't know if it's small. To me, it was small. I grew up in West Covina, which is super Filipino town. I grew up mostly with Filipino kids. Most of our, our parents, our moms all worked at the same hospitals and our dads were all military guys. And so it's all what I've really known. Like I grew up with a lot of Filipino and Mexican Mostly Filipino and Mexican kids. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you? Uh, I mean, you probably get this a lot, but have you watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? <laughs> yes, no. So that show, that show is based in yeah. West Covina, and I just think <laughs> it's crazy. 
Yeah, it's crazy because when I watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I got really excited and I wanted to see like, oh, you know, is it, does it look like what I remember it to be? I lived in Muscovina from when I was like in preschool all the way up until I went off to college. And so um, when I moved up to Berkeley for college, I never went back. My mom sold our house in West Covina. And so it's been- What a change. (laughs) And it's been years. So when I saw Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it looked totally different to me. Like the mall and everything they filmed. I'm like, that's 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 not home. home. That's that's really Covina. Like if they went to West Covina, you'll see a bunch of like Filipino people around. You know what I mean? And then the the bar that they go to all the time in that show, it's right across the hill from the house that I grew up in. And that used to be a dumpster. Wow. So that didn't get built until I was way gone. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. That's what BKK dumpster turned into. (laughs) (laughs) That's It's like a, isn't it like a baseball field? Yeah, and it's really popular. Mm -hmm. Target and all this stuff there. I was like, wow, they really like moved up. Gentrified this place. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy. I mean, I I want to say, to say the least, the the lead male is Filipino. And uh, I had like a little crush on him in the first season. (laughs) I was like, oh "Oh my gosh. gosh." I was like, I I mean, before I met my... before I met my white husband, I dated a lot of Filipino guys. Like I seriously thought I was going to end up with a Filipino guy. So and I even thought like, I mean, just to be candid, I thought white guys were like too pale. So then, and then I met my husband. I was like, okay, I guess skin doesn't matter to me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I guess this works. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought, no, it's funny. Cause like, I, I totally liked, I liked Vince. And then I looked him up and I found he was gay and he was yeah. married. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and it's funny because the group that I manage, he he's actually been here to our studio, and they did a collab together. He's actually a really nice guy. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, super nice guy. It. He's cool. He's cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed and watching. Too bad him. you're married, or she could have hooked you up. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Things turned Just out. Just kidding, fine. Scott. She would never. <laughs> it's fine with me. Well, thank you both for sharing a little bit about your background and why you identify as Filipino American women. For people that are getting to know you both for the first time, and especially Nanya and I, I want to just fast forward into what your life looks like today. And I think the first question I, I want to ask about life today is, um, like, how did you two kind of know that you wanted to collaborate together? Because it sounds like you have a big family. And how did that come about to be like, okay, we're going to do In Her Purpose together? Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned, both Rose and I were one of the only, not only, but very few that are not in the traditional fields. And so naturally we gravitated towards each other and we are around the same age and we hung out a lot. I mean, obviously you're related. So it's like, you're, that's not my friend by choice. It's like, I'm related to her. <laughs> right, right. So by just like, I can't get rid of her. And so like we grew up, we did a lot of things together. Rose is older than, than me. And so I really looked up to her and I'm in the tech field. And so like oftentimes I was only the only woman, only person of color in the room. And as I moved up, it just became worse, right? Like I hardly saw anyone that looked like me. Mm. When I first started my career, I was afraid to sit at the table because I didn't feel like I had anything to say of like value. But as I moved up and I, I, I was like, you know, what? I went to like a really good school. I'm smart. I know what I'm doing. 
I started sitting at the table. I started to look for people that looked like me and I could, I could not, could not find them. And mm-hmm. so I reached out to Rose at the time because she was a VP at an advertisement agency and she was also managing the Philharmonic, uh, the mm-hmm. all boy Filipino acapella group. And in that role, and she can tell you more about like that, but she was meeting a ton of other uh, women that looked like us and they were Mm -hmm. making decisions. And I went to her and I said, look, I'm looking for a mentor. Like, do you know anyone who can mentor me that would want to mentor me? And that's when she introduced me to Sheila Marcello. And if you don't know who she is, she is the founder and former CEO of care.com. You know, a website where you find somebody Mm -hmm. like watch your kids or I think they do pets. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like podcast ads about them and they do pets. Yeah. So (laughs) Rose introduced me to Sheila and Sheila had never met me, but Rose connected us via email and Sheila lives in Boston and she often flies to the Bay for business. And she set time aside in her schedule to meet me for coffee and she'd never met me. And it was super amazing. Like we sat, we talked, we got to know each other. She asked me like, what's your skill set? What are your goals? What are you good at? What do you want to do? And she gave me a list of people to talk to and just like really like help me focus on like my next phase and, and, and what direction to go in rather than being like all over the place and not really sure of myself. She really gave me like a plan, you know, like to really look into And so that's how it kind of started for me. And then when I went to Rose, I mean, you could tell them the rest of the story, but that's kind of how it it started. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with me, um, I've been in the corporate world for, I would would probably say over like 15 years, but, and I, you know, I, I climbed the ladder, ended up becoming VP of this ad agency, um, which I'm totally grateful for. And, you know, I've learned so much from my 15 years, but during that 15 years, I've always had like a, another itch for something else, you know, like I always Mm -hmm. felt like, okay, this is not what I meant to do. There's something more, there's something that that's calling me, but I don't know what it is either. And that was like for 15 years, me still working and, you know, learning business and learning what I need to do. And, you know, and then I started helping my family because I have my younger brother, who's actually a musician. He needed help with an audition that he needed to do that. He's, he's already tried, you know, two times. And then I told him, okay, well, you know, he couldn't, or he couldn't pass this interview stage, which then I started helping him with. And then he did, and then he was able to get on you know, national TV and stuff. So that was like the first thing was like, okay, wait, I kind of like this, you know, this, this is kind of something that I like doing, you know, helping other people get to wherever they need to be. Right. And then, but I've always noticed that that was something that, that was me. I, you know, I've always been like that. I always wanted to help and serve other people to get to wherever they needed to be. But me working for 15 years in corporate, that's not what I was doing. I was helping businesses and I was helping them already, you know, gain more money than what they've already had. And then, you know, help sustain them. And then I'm not really, you know, helping a person as, as an individual. But along that way, I started, you know, doing more musician work with artists. And I started, taking them out to, or we started touring. And then I started meeting these awesome women, these women that, you know, they, you know, I was so proud of them and so proud to hear their stories. And I wanted to learn more about who they were. 
So I would Google them and I would find nothing on them. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And this is the same time that I've already introduced Jen to Sheila. And even with her, she didn't have anything as, you know, much on her. So, and she's big, you know, she's, she's huge. She's helped so many people gave so many jobs to, you know, you know, the community and, and more. And I was like, hey, there's nothing going on here with the Asian community, Asian American women. And as I met more people and more and more, Jen and I were talking while she was talking about her challenges, I would talk about mine. And then we're like, wait a second, we just need to figure this out and just work on some type of project. And what we did was, um, since I wanted to learn more about these women, I Googled them and I couldn't find nothing. I was like, okay, well, there has to be a book. Cause you know, at that time I was like reading so many books. I love reading books, Mm -hmm. but like all the, you know, I think at that time I was reading, oh my gosh, I was, I was reading Rise and Grind by, oh my God, I can't even the Damon John. And I was reading him and then I was like, wait, we should just do this for Asian American women. But before that, I, I Googled a book and then I Googled, I looked on Amazon and the only book that I found was how to marry an Asian woman. I'm trying to find it. Yeah. Find the picture. Yeah. I was like, what? I was so appalled. I was like, wait a second. What is this? And this was the same time, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Jen and then I was like, no, we need to change this. But the key here was I said, no, we'll do it when I'm less busy. I'll, I'll do it like next year or two mm-hmm. years. But Jen was the one that was like, no, after all, we need to do it now. Wow. It needs yeah. to happen now. Yes. And at that time, it was Crazy Rich Asians, I think. That yeah. Was yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then we're like, uh, yeah. And then, you know, my band. My like, band perfect. Was, Let's ride this wave. <laughs> yeah. And then my band yeah. was, was doing so well. And then I was like, Okay, yeah, let's do it. So Jen's really like the forefront of this book. And I really Aww. appreciate her. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because my job. So nice. my, <laughs> She's my, so good. For my real living, like I unbox people around and just get shit. <laughs> she holds you accountable, which is good. So, so yeah, and now here we are, one book later in a company. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so cool. It sounds like both of our projects were kind of a manifestation of our own kind of self-discovery path, if you will, or kind of want to keep one foot in that unstable industry versus having a nine to five. Well, she, this one over there, Rose, <laughs> he is not. She for years told me like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. And oh, she, yeah. yeah. I, I could have sworn like she told me this. Three years in a row, like she ain't gonna quit. She's got <laughs> it. I know, I know. So in the story, in my story, is like my first real entrepreneurship project was when I was 18 years old. Yeah, I started teaching Girl. dance and for debuts, and uh, you know, debut is a oh, yeah. 18th birthday coming out or a coming out birthday party. And you know, we do dances and we just do a whole spectacular concert type thing, right? And so I started teaching that to these kids, and then along the way, it moved into becoming um, weddings. I started teaching bride and grooms their first dances. And then <laughs> I started, oh, wow. yeah. And then I started, you know, actually connecting DJs and photographers and stuff. And then I became a full on event planner. The problem there was because I didn't have that mindset of, oh, I'm going to take this to another level. I always yeah. thought like, okay, I need to finish college. My mm. mom wants me to finish college. I need to get a, you know, a job, a stable job. That's going to give me this much money so I could live this 401k life, right? Right. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was building something. And this was all before social media. This was all before, you know, all of that stuff. Just aged myself, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
no one's yeah. okay. We remember models. those times too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, we all look young, just so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so this was all before that time. And I was, and I was like, can you imagine like if I had that direction or that, or a mentor to actually tell me like, well, you could actually make this into something greater than what it is right now. Then, yeah. you know, then I, we would be like in a different position, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm grateful and happy that, you know, where this life has led me. So with my event planning, I moved into, because my brother's a musician, I started managing him. And then because he grew, I started managing a band. And then because of that band growing, I started just managing other musicians. And then I started coaching other musicians on how to like get gigs and how to, you know, time management and how to actually like promote themselves and market themselves. So that's one thing. And then on top of that, I have a cafe too. So it's wow. I have like a hundred things. Okay, going queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I do have, but the, the thing is, is that it, like you said, Jen, you said that, you know, you just couldn't do the work of like being in like your own, like working for a man, right. Or, or working for somebody yeah. or a clocking in. I couldn't do that. I, I didn't want to do that, but I did it for 15 years, but it was the whole clocking in and then having to ask permission to go see my daughter's thing at school. You know, I had to ask for time off for that time to even have my baby, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was You're like, like, I have that. other priorities in life other than this job. Yeah, so I, I made that decision that I'm not going to have anybody else tell me what I can do and control my time. And time is, you know, you can never get time back. So that's when I decided, like, okay, I need to do something, which was about three years ago. And that's when I finally quit my VP job and then took on my musician and business coaching and cafe full time. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Our, it's our amazing is, how, like, is, Nani. <laughs> I know. No, for real. <laughs> you guys really are. Um, I love how, like, fluid that you've been with utilizing your strengths, even with a VP position in corporate America for 15 years. That sounds like you've juggled a lot, but that the passion for, you know, being in uh, event planning or managing artists or even your cafe, like your passion for those things has never died down. So I'm glad right. that you get to like fully dive into that now. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, it's that fear. Everybody has that fear of like, okay, if I leave my day job, I'm not going to be able to live. I'm going to become homeless and, you know, yeah, my kids 100%. are going to, they're going to be taken away from me. But no, like if you really like put your mind to it and just focus, you can totally do what you want to do and, you know, make the money to make ends meet, to live the life that you want and to be able to have that time with your family to grow. Yeah. And I think the fact that you were in corporate America for 15 years, like you had that discipline to treat your businesses like a job, you know, at least until it paid you like a business. That's what I've been told back then. It's like you treat your business like a job till it pays you like a business. And it sounds like you really did that. And, and, and you have this whole portfolio <laughs> of entrepreneurial <laughs> shenanigans, as I call it, because I, I have too many that I just that have failed and that I sort of do. And, you know, I just wear a lot of hats. And, uh, but it sounds like you're a little more organized than me. So <laughs> I learned a thing. <laughs> no, you know what, what it is? It's, it's the people that I worked with throughout the 15 years. So like, I've learned so many things from different people that I, I was able to collaborate it and like mix it together and then having a good support team like Jen you know so she's so good at um, being held accountable for things and you know she's like on you all the time so it's a it's a teamwork and and I think basically what what we want to do is to be able to be I don't I mean to lack of a better word but to be like mentors to other women to get to where they want to be and to be able to serve them because of the people that were mentoring me 
they weren't Filipino. They weren't Asian. They weren't, you know, they weren't of our descent or anything like that. They were, you know, different nationalities, which, you know, and I'm so grateful because I learned so much from them. But imagine like what we could do together as a community if we were to give our expertise and learn from each other, then we can take us into like this whole new level. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think it really matters. And I love that you guys kind of dove into the world of finding mentors and stuff before like life coaches became like a, a trendy thing to do the way that you see it now. Because of course, now there's a lot of other Asian American and even Filipino American life coaches that you can hire. But I can only imagine how difficult that was back then before it wasn't so popular. And it seems like you guys are kind of just like, you have that naturally in you. And so I love that, that you took that on as well. I was just thinking, Rose, how you mentioned, like when you did research about like trying to find a book of American women or, or Filipino women, and you found this book about like, how do you, how to marry an Asian woman? Mm-hmm. You know, part of my inspiration for our project, Tifa project was when I was looking into the San Diego library, like the public library and like all the branches and stuff. And I was trying to do a search for Filipino stories, like Filipino American women's stories. And I remember there was only like one book that I found that was actually written by a Filipino American woman. And it was a memoir of when she was a nurse in World War II. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like that was, and that's like what, 70 years ago, you know? And I was just thinking in my mind, this is, this is how I see it. Like it's, it's not that we're underrepresented. It's that like, we have to realize that we can represent ourselves, you know, like we can show up to the table. We can make our own table. We can pull up the chair to the table. And Jen, you mentioned this as well, like about how in the tech world, it's very male dominated. You know, right now I work in financial services with my husband and it's mainly white men, you know, it's mainly white men, it's mainly, it's male dominated. And fortunately we all like work virtually. So it's not like as intimidating, but even so in the early stages of me working with everyone, cause they all are also like, they were veterans, they were officers in the military and they're veterans. So it's just like that extra macho, hyper-masculine mm-hmm. energy on top of that. And for some time, I didn't feel like my voice mattered. Like I already told myself my voice did not matter. And, you know, fortunately in time, I got sick of that mindset and I just started talking and I realized that it's not that they didn't want to hear from me. It's that I wasn't speaking up. And so now it's like the team knows that it's, it's the Jen and Scott show. It's not just the Scott show. It's the Jen, you know, if anything, it's Jen pulling the strings for the sky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I say that jokingly and like sort of not jokingly. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's, it, it, I just, I just love that you two sharing your stories and your background and how we all came to this place. And so I'd love to dive now into your book in her purpose. And this is, this is like exciting. Cause I think for our listeners and Nani knows this, I, I almost mentioned in every episode, we're going to get a book done one day, you know? <laughs> so I, I'd love to hear really the, if you don't mind, you know, disclosing like how it was all made, but like, you know, what did it take for you both to put this book together and, <laughs> and collect those stories, really, those unique stories? Jen's yeah. smiling. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, smiling. I got this. <laughs> She's like, all right, let's go. I'm, let's I'm smiling this. because Rose thought like, you know, we got this, we could do it three months, like, this will be done. Easy. I looked at her like, no, you're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm very, yeah, 
I'm very like um, ambitious. Like if you tell me that we could do something or, or like, you know, you put an idea into my head, I'm like, all right, we could do this. We got like one month. We'll do this in a month. But Jen's very yeah. She's no, very funny. She, need, <laughs> she needs grids and spreadsheets. I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm a project manager, so I'm like super organized. There you go. So I started to think like, okay, if we want to write this book, like these are all the like things we have to do. I just kept growing and growing and growing. I was like, no, realistically, but like we can't, like we're still researching like women. Like we need to find, at first we wanted to do 20. Mm. We're like, all right, let's find 20 women. This project started in November 2018, and it took us time because the book actually turned out to be 40 women. Wow. Yeah, it's because once you started opening the door and, like, telling people about your project and what you're doing, and they're, like, right off the bat, like, all the women were like, I know somebody, and, and, right. and introduced us to, you know, one after another, and we just were like, look, we got to put a cap on it or have volume <laughs> two or something because... <laughs> book is never going to come out and if you think getting 40 people like we did the same thing that you guys did we instead of doing like a podcast we like recorded and had 25 questions that we were asking each of these women and then from there we had to like transcribe and think of like themes of what that person really represents so think of like 40 busy crazy schedules Mm -hmm. you have to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on top of finding time for me and her to write with everything that we have going on Mm -hmm. And then editing and working with illustrators and figuring out, like, how are we going to publish this? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, both of us have never published a book in our lives before. So we're like, okay, well, you know, 300 pages. Okay. uh, Maybe 200. No, we could do 500. Okay. But. (laughs) We didn't know. And then you start writing. You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. But then we didn't know that. I mean, this comes with lessons, right? That every page costs money. Like one page. That's a good piece of information. (laughs) So when you guys write your book, know that. (laughs) Okay. And we just did. I mean, my husband wrote a book, but his book was so short and simple and I mean, it was not to the same scale. It was just him. It's like just quotes and things that it's so short. Like you could literally read that thing in less than like two hours. Right. Yeah. Whereas like ours, it's, it's super thick. I don't have the book Romeo. Oh, I have it here. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's so yes. beautiful. Yeah. I love um, the art. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like a, like, it's a book that you want to take with you to read coffee and probably read a chapter or two, or maybe if you want to get inspired about a girl, you know, or like a specific industry that she's in, you read it. So, you know, it's, it's that type of book. It's a lot of work. And, but, you know, we've learned so much just dealing with like, you know, how to get it printed, how, how to, mm-hmm. who to print it, what are the like codes that you need to have for it. it it's a, it's Hiring a editors, like we thought like, no, I went to Berkeley. I'm smart. I can edit that. <laughs> I can edit this myself. I edit this. And then, like, grammar. <laughs> and then we're fighting about grammar, like comma. No, it's not a comma, it's a colon. Where do the quotation marks go? And we're like, You're like okay, just get an editor. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> is it dot, 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 space? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and it looks so different. So like what Rose is holding up is actually like a, just a demo copy of it. Yeah. Go to like mass production on print. It, 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 when you're done with your book and you're like, awesome, we're done, right? And now she's reading and she's like, Jen, like, 
there's a space here or like this oh isn't. no yeah so you're gonna run into those kinds of things and I had to tell her this I purposely buffered I was like look it's gonna take like two months to go back and forth once we have the actual book and she's like no like once we got it we got it like it's gonna come out Rose, good you're to go you're, you're awesome <laughs> so, print it out it's done yeah and for me like <laughs> Because I'm, I, I've been in, I'm still in corporate. I've been in corporate, and the company that I work worked for like forever has very high standards on like design and aesthetics and mm-hmm. like only putting up like top notch, right? So I was like, no, we can't come out. Yeah, like that. you're used to going over it multiple times. Yeah, I was like, we can't yeah. come out like that, or else they're gonna think like they're so amateur, like representing mm-hmm. <laughs> us. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, or, you know, Asian women, like we can't come out like that. Like it has yeah. to be like beautiful like beautiful and well you know you know rose i feel like i have your personality i'm kind of like let's just do it like let's just like (laughs) we'll fix it later it's fine it's fine people will forgive us (laughs) if they love us they'll forgive us like i mean not even I will. <laughs> and that's me. And that's yeah. definitely me. No, it's, like, it's so funny because like we, we just sent out our first newsletter like last week. And like Nani, I didn't share. I mean, I start, I did share it with you, but like she emailed me like after we officially sent it out and pointed out a typo. And I was like, I was like, well, if anyone complains about it, at least we know they're reading. Like, there you go. <laughs> that was my mind. That's all I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely the one checking for punctuation and, and grammar errors. <laughs> yeah, but it's very important to, it, it sounds like you two really complement each other which is really mm-hmm. awesome because you have Jen, who's the rigid, like, you know, ABC, like we got to do in this order. And yeah. for Rose, you're, you're very like forward thinking. Like you all, you remind me of, of my husband. He's just like, let's just do it. And, <laughs> like ask for forgiveness, not permission, you yeah. know, like, just, I think like his energy, like rubbed off on me. Cause I, I used to be a lot like you, Jen, and just be like, well, what about this? What about that? And, and so it's just really cool to see the dynamic that you two have. But I know you guys are super like harped on like the logistics of the spaces and the punctuation and everything. But I think that the book itself is just so much more powerful, regardless of all those things. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think what really matters here is, again, the representation that you guys are providing to the community, because going back to the whole like idea of a mentor or life coach and how that is becoming a popular trend. I think it's just so beautiful and such a unique opportunity to get to take advice, whether it's through the form of a life coach or a book or a podcast or, you know, whatever of someone who looks like you, because it really shows young girls, you know, thinking back to our own childhoods and where we pulled inspiration from, it really shows uh, young Pinais that we have control and autonomy over our own minds and bodies, that we don't have to follow these like you know, set paths for us and engineering or nursing or, you know, whatever else. So I just think that this project that you guys are working on and about to release is so much more powerful than, you know, any grammatical errors that you might find in it. So give yourselves grace there. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. One of the things that we, we learned from writing the book is that a lot of the women, they were afraid to tell their parents, like, right. I don't want to go to nursing school or I don't yeah. want to do that. But the one thing that I at least pulled out from just meeting all the women is that 
like regardless of like whatever you decide to do and no matter what, like your parents will always love you. So like mm. if you decide like I'm going to become an artist, they're not going to be like, oh my God, I'm going to disown you. Like, no, they're still going to love you tomorrow after you tell them. Yeah. So. Right. You just have to show them it's possible because yeah. they don't have that same like mind track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were talking a little bit about, you know, how like a lot of us are afraid to like almost disappoint our parents if we want to do something different than what they expected of us. And, you know, with that in mind, I feel like what you two have already done and what you're doing within her purpose is such a courageous act because as you both know, there's not a lot of representation of us or we don't have a lot of books out there. And so I'm actually really curious, like how your family has reacted to this project. Do they know about it? Is it a secret or are they fully aware that this is what you're doing? And if they are, like, what is their take on it? So a lot of people in our family, they know that Rose and I always are up to something. So so to them, they're just like, oh, it's just something that, you know, Jen and Rose are doing, like, who knows? But it just became, I think, more real to them when we started putting it out there. Like, we have an Instagram account, right? (laughs) We now have a business because to publish your own book, you need a business. So that's Mm -hmm. like you guys need to look into as you go along your journey. And so we're like, wow, we have our own business now. And (laughs) and so it started from there where, you know, we're we're always into like business ideas and doing things. And then I actually told my mom, uh, because my mom would ask me like, why are you always on videos or why are you always going to Rose's house when you're in LA? (laughs) Yes, because I'm supposed to be home visiting my mom, (laughs) hanging out with my cousin. And I had to tell like, mom, not for real, like we're writing a book. And, and I had to tell her, like, hey, this is what it's about. We're finding other Filipino or an Asian woman. And she's like, well, what are you writing about? And when we actually got the book in the mail, I showed it to my mom. And she's like, wow. And in the front, like, Rose and I actually dedicate, like, the book to our moms. In, in the book. And I showed it to her. And she was just like, oh, wow, like, like really, like, such that surprise, yeah, holding it, and she, she was just like, wow, this is really great, and she's always been really supportive, but she never really believes things that I say, because I always say, like, the craziest things, and I'm always like, (laughs) I don't want to do that, I want to do this, or I, I have this great idea, and a lot of times, she's like, you're talking nonsense, like, when I told her I wanted to go into business, instead of becoming a doctor, she's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like wild and like now like like nothing surprised my parents and I think also for Rose like we're just not doing what the rest of our customers like, yeah they're all yeah. in nurse they're all nurses in the medical field they're all despite and most of our cousins don't, they don't even want to be nurses mm-hmm. they do it but we're the only two yeah. to be like no like, we're not going to do that so. you know but you know praise medical you know, the medical field, we love them so much. So yeah. <laughs> especially and we can't do yeah. anything without them. So, you know, yeah, yeah. true. you know, we, we love them and um, we're happy that, you know, they're in that field, but I, I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, I tried, I even, <laughs> I even enrolled in something. <laughs> I did like one class and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I think all okay. of us can relate there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my brothers are very supportive. Actually, I think they all had a little piece of to do with it. My, um, my middle brother, Santi, was the one that actually helped design the cover. 
Okay. He's so supportive of, you know, of what we're doing. And then my middle brother, he's all about it. He's like, you know, just as soon as it's out, you know, I'm going to start, you know, posting on social media and start sharing it with everybody else. So like right now at this time, they're my, the two that I would want to be, I guess, more if they were proud of me, then that would be, that would just make my day, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So it. my mother passed away about, um, in 2016. So I know what she would, she would say that she would be very proud of this project. She yeah. was never a person to tell me what to do as far as like a career. She'd always like say something like, Oh, you know, if I wanted to be a nurse and she'll be like, okay, she'd help me figure out a way to become a nurse and, you know, and what she can do. And then, or if she wanted me, to, if I wanted to be a teacher, I know one time I wanted to be a teacher and she's like, oh, that's great. Okay. So she never really told me like, Rose, this is what you need to do in order to become stable. She was just very open to it, to whatever mm-hmm. I wanted to do. And I know she was proud. I know she was proud of what I was doing with or helping my brother in the past. But I, you know, I, I would hope, or I know she's looking down on me and she's looking down at us and, you know, probably giving us like a high five. <laughs> yeah, she's probably doing that. And then my dad, he's super proud. He's just in the Philippines living life. <laughs> but yeah, do it, Rose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry for your loss, Rose. It's, it's not yeah. always easy to lose a parent. And so I appreciate you sharing that. And it sounds like you two in general had a very supportive family so much Mm -hmm. that, you know, it it didn't seem like it was necessarily a challenge with your family to get this book done and get this project done, which I think is a blessing because I know that there are a lot of us or a lot of people in our community who don't have that support at home, which is why maybe they do feel that pressure to, you know, do the, the safe route, you know, get the medical job or join the military, you know, because they don't really have the resources or the support to try anything different. And so it's my hope that with our two projects combined, if people don't have that level of support at home, that they can at least find something in, in your project or our yeah. project. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to add to like my husband, he's super supportive of everything I'm doing too. So just wanted to add that. Otherwise he'll be like, you didn't even talk about me. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. mention the husband. <laughs> yeah, Kudos to Rose's husband. <laughs> <laughs> we have two little ones too. So he's like so all about like, okay, if you need to read or if you need to write, and he'll like take the kids and do something with them. Oh, so, Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a big uh, family community. You know, it's, if anybody that wants to write a book or that wants to take on like a, a project, you need to have, um, you can totally do it yourself, but a really good support team is what, you know. Yeah. It yeah, absolutely. Accountable. And and you just want to, you don't, for me, like, I don't want to let anybody down. Like, I don't want to let Jen down. I don't want to let my family down. So it's like this, that's like a motivation for me to be able to finish what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jen, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, like, my, my parents were not supportive of me, like, when I made the choices to not, I wanted to go to medical school. And my mom was like, no, my mom is a nurse. She, she thought, I'll have a really hard life. If I became a doctor, she basically said, you're going to work all the time and make like no money. Wow. And not have a life and just be constantly on call. And so she basically said, just go to nursing school first and then have a backup plan. That, that could be your backup plan if you never finish medicine. Oh, wow. I was like, dang, she did interesting. 
Yeah. And I thought, she doesn't believe in me. She thinks I'm not going to like, <laughs> she said, have a backup plan. And, uh... <laughs> but you have know, what? That, yeah, I mean, you bring that up now. Um, but I, a lot of the girls that I work with now, um, like at the cafe and their parents are telling them to have a backup plan. You know, yeah, like to go go to nursing school, go to medical school, go do something, get you know, get your CPA or you know, do all that stuff, and then do what you want to do. Yeah, um, yeah. But then that's when I fought my mom, and I'm like, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to nursing school. And I mean, I went to Berkeley. I made it my own major because you can do that. And my mom was like, what? Yeah. What is that? What are you saying? <laughs> what are you gonna do with your life? Mm. And even up until like when I graduated, they had no clue when I told them I want to go into the corporate world, I want to go into business. And they're just kind of like, that is so unstable. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, okay, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm doing well. But like throughout my career, I've been part of layoffs. Mm. Right? And, and to them, they're, they're, they kind of were like, well, we warned you. We told you. Yeah, we told you so. <clears throat> we told you. And I was like, don't worry. I'll get a job like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it happened, right? Like I got, I, I, got, I got laid off and just like opportunities came. And like, I, I never really worry about it. But I think our parents are so worried about like, if you don't have a stable paycheck or you don't have a stable job, like, what are you going to do yeah. with yourself? And so yeah. like, it was really tough because I'm the oldest sibling and I'm the mm. first to go to college in the United States. And so like, I didn't really have anyone before me to kind of like test my parents yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I was the one, like the first for everything. And mm. um, it was hard. You know, like I always felt like I was fighting with my mom and dad. And I was always like the kid who was always in trouble. My mom has to come to the principal's office. <laughs> She's like, what did you do now? <laughs> wow. And, 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 anything, I just asked a question if whether that was going to do something. <laughs> I, I, I went to private school. So, you know, it was very disciplined. And, yeah, they don't like when you do that. <laughs> yeah. So I was in trouble all the time. And so when it came... Yeah, so when it came to Love it. the college, my mom and dad were not surprised that I chose to go to Berkeley because they were mm. like, okay, yeah, yeah, you belong here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think it's really interesting how for a lot of our parents, financial stability is more than stability. It's like our lifeline. Like in their mind, yeah. it's like, if you are not financially stable, you will die. You know, like you will be homeless. Yeah. You will you know, it's, it's really that like do or die type of situation. It's so important. I'm like, Oh, how much did that cost? Or how much are you getting paid for that? You know, it, yeah. it's always about that. It's in their mind. I think it's like, okay, can they survive yeah. without me? Can they get out of the nest? And in that way, it's like, can they financially support themselves? And it's, I'm not a parent, but like, I can only imagine like, you know, how, where that comes from culturally. And if, if anything, we can just only just empathize and be like, you know, thank you for wanting to have those high expectations for me, but this is my life now. And I'm an adult and I have a different definition to success. And I hope in time, kind of what you said earlier, Jen, it's like, you know, no matter what you do, they will love you anyway. I mean, come on, in my mind, I don't think you leave a third world country, you know, to hate your child, you know, to like disown mm -hmm. your child. It's like you went through all that effort and you're going to disown your child, you know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously there's, there's a whole other different stories that I, I probably haven't touched upon and probably people who have gone through that. But I think for the most part, I, a lot of our parents would not do that, <laughs> would not like disown you for yeah. wanting to change your major or wanting to change your career. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sure you probably see this since you are in the financial world, but 
do you see a difference in the way like non-Asian or non-Filipino people like have a relationship with money? Like I, I look at, yes, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I look at, I look at, you know, like some of my Caucasian counterparts, like they have generational wealth. They have parents that have connections yep. and networks. And for me, that's kind of like what I want to create and, and, mm-hmm. and, and do for our community. And for like, if I ever have children for Rose's children to be able to like pick up the phone and be like, Hey, my kid needs an internship mm-hmm. or like, I know somebody, let me introduce you to that person. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's also like, what inspires like us to do this project because not only is it uplifting and highlighting the stories of these women but also it it expanded our network by far like we just met all these amazing women and they've really become part of a family and they invite us to events and like Rose helps other women with their businesses whether it's like Mm -hmm. helping them build their websites or Mm -hmm. working on their marketing plan and whenever we have like events or things that we're thinking about putting together like we reach out to them and they're so down for it like how can I help you how can I how can I support you and it's just been so amazing and I think the more that we put each other's stories out there and we like people will find them people will Mm -hmm. be able to say like wow I want to I want to do what Jen is doing I want to do what Rose is doing or someone that they read about and I didn't have that I mean shoot in college yeah. I didn't even google that's how old I am <laughs> now now it's so easy and yeah just yeah you know what it sounds to me is that our parents were very focused on us surviving here in America and what we're doing to build upon that is building generational wealth, you know, is building a legacy, is building, you know, that future connections for our kids to be like, oh, I know a person, you yeah. know, and I love that you brought it up in that way because that's what it reminded me of. It's like, yeah, our parents were so focused on us and thank God for that, you know, but now we're, you know, we, we have the luxury of being a little more altruistic and wanting to help yeah. the bit, like help us all as a whole. And that's our responsibility now. Like this is the legacy that our parents have kind of built the foundation for, for us to be able to do that, whether they knew it or not. And so we can thank our moms and thank our dads. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited and just super grateful to have you both on our show today. Just to add upon what you were saying, I think that our parents all probably, well, not everyone's parents, but uh, for the most part, our parents have good intentions when they try and push Mm -hmm. us in a certain direction. It's just that because of their experience and the generation that they lived in, they come at it, they approach it with like a survival mindset. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. that can get lost or that's where we disconnect from them because like Jen said, we're living in different times now where we're able to take those great intentions that they have for us, but evolve them into like new ways to make a living or to make a life that they, you know, couldn't have dreamed of because life just didn't work like that for them. So again, we just have to start doing it and show them and ourselves that it's possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note, we can obviously talk forever, but the story continues to be continued, I believe, and within her purpose and what we're doing here at the TIFO Project. Jen and Rose, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both. In case people want to learn more about In Her Purpose or get a hold of you both individually, how can they do that? Well, there's a few ways. So there's Instagram, so you can find us at In Her Purpose. And you can also find us on www.inherpurpose.com. Beautiful. Is there any other places to write? <laughs> Twitter. 
TikTok. I'm sure the website's a good Pinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> love it. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, ladies, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I feel like, as, as I kind of alluded to at the beginning, I feel like Nani and I are looking into our future and talking to you both. So thank you for yeah. indulging us and providing us just a little insight and wisdom to how you put your book together. And I don't believe this will be the last conversation that we'll have. So mm-hmm. to our listeners, if you enjoyed this conversation and you want to get a hold of Jen and Rose, we will have their contact information in the show notes on the website, our new website at tfaproject.com. That's T-F-A-W project.com. And with that said, we want to thank you all for listening and we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Mm-hmm.